This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 23, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The Biden administration is looking seriously at compelling cigarette manufacturers to lower nicotine content in cigarettes to non-addictive levels. This holds, of course, high potential to create a massive black market for nicotine products. Cato's Jeff Singer and Tom Fiery comment on what backdoor prohibition of addictive cigarettes would accomplish. This seems fairly straightforward, and yet there seems to be not enough talk about uh, how devastatingly bad this decision could be. Um, Tom, if you wouldn't mind, walk us through the economics of trying to reduce nicotine levels in cigarettes. I would assume that when you try to take away something that people want, or or just dramatically reduce what they want, uh, they are going to respond by uh, finding a way to get more of it, whether legally or illegally. If you uh, if you know you think of the uh, New York City uh, uh, soda uh, ban of or or, or not banned, but limitation on the size of cups of of soda or bottles of soda that we had there a few years ago. And people just simply compensated by buying two cups of, of soda instead of one or two bottles of, of, of soda instead of one. Uh, you know, it strikes me that the same thing is going to happen here. If people want X amount of nicotine, if they, if they want to, 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 feel a nicotine buzz. And let's face it, uh, one of the main reasons people smoke cigarettes, if not the main reason, uh, is for the nicotine. And you reduce the nicotine, they're just going to smoke a few more cigarettes. And and the problem with cigarettes, and, and we'll let you know Jeff handle the medical because he's he's the one with the fancy degree. But you know, my simple medical knowledge is you know, nicotine is not nearly as bad as a lot of the other stuff in cigarettes. So if you're going to have people suddenly smoking two or three times as many, you're actually going to end up with a lot more problems than you had when uh, before you made this government intervention. Jeff, nicotine may be one of the most studied chemicals on the planet. Yeah, nicotine is a stimulant, uh, sort of like caffeine. It's, uh, you know, in large amounts for long periods of time, it can cause some damage. Uh, you can get toxic levels of nicotine, but compared to the other components of smoke, it's actually relatively harmless. It's the, the tars in the tobacco smoke that cause all the health problems. Nicotine just causes uh, sort of a buzz like you get when you've had a lot of coffee. And uh, a lot of people smoke because they like that feeling. Uh, they feel it improves their their focus uh, and their performance. And and that's fine. It's interesting that at the same time that our government is uh, trying to stop the development of a proven harm reduction tool, which is uh, e-cigarettes, particularly those that have nicotine in them, and uh, menthol e-cigarettes that are particularly popular among people trying to give up tobacco smoke. So at the same time, the state and local governments and even the federal government is is working at restricting the availability of this proven harm reduction technique. They're apparently fixated on increasing the harmful effects of tobacco smoke because um, there was just just recently in, in uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association, just in the last few months, there was an article pointing out that the, the research suggesting that people uh, will give up smoking if you reduce the nicotine content. That's the idea behind it. If you make it less 
pleasurable because there's less nicotine in it. People just give up smoking. The research on that is extremely uh, limited and poorly constructed. It's, it's received a lot of criticism. Meanwhile, there are some uh, very noted uh, opponents of smoking, like Professor Michael Siegel at Boston University Medical School and the School of, of Public Health, who's a longtime advocate of, of people giving up tobacco smoke. He's concerned because you would expect there'll be comp compensatory behavior. People who are getting less of that nicotine buzz out of a cigarette are likely to make up for it by smoking more cigarettes or, or inhaling more deeply and holding it longer to try to get that that desired effect that seems to be lacking in these cigarettes. And that's aside from the fact that it's going to stimulate a black market, which we all know about the problems associated with that. So uh, on the black market point, uh, Tom, we see people used to roll their own cigarettes, and those are far more damaging to you uh, than, than filtered cigarettes. Uh, and I uh, shudder to think what kind of garbage would be available on a gray or black market uh, if people decided to go outside legal channels to get their fix. The ability of, of humans to find ways around government barriers when there's something in demand, uh, the ability is remarkable. And we've seen that uh, with, with the drug prohibition here in the United States. We've seen that uh, in the old Soviet Union, the old China, even the current North Korea. People will get what they want you know, they'll either whip it up somehow themselves or, you know, with, with rolling cigarettes uh, or maybe switching to pipe tobacco, but then learning to somehow inhale pipe tobacco more deeply, which, you know, the very thought of which makes me kind of shiver. Um, people, people smoke because they like the nicotine, or at least, you know, a significant part of their choosing to smoke is because they like the nicotine. Government can't change that. It can only act like it and make a bigger mess. You know, I'm thinking as a as a doctor, we often tell our patients, um, for example, uh, if you think they should take ibuprofen, uh, brand name for one brand name for that is Advil, and uh, the the FDA requires a prescription for for 400 milligram capsules, but they allow the over the counter sale of 200 milligram capsules. So we oftentimes tell our patients, you could save your money by just buying the Advil and taking two of those 200 milligrams uh, instead of getting, you know, paying the price for a prescription strength uh, ibuprofen at 400 milligrams. So there's a, there's a, you know, an everyday example where even without thinking about it, we're compensating for the fact that the dose is being restricted by the FDA. Speaking of gray markets or black markets, uh, there was a horrific police killing in New York uh, a few years ago, uh, Eric Garner, who, to hear some of his last words, said that he was tired of being harassed by police for selling loose cigarettes. We're recording this as uh, police, you know, conflict uh, is again in the news. Uh, it, this should definitely be in front of the uh, Biden administration and and all of their uh, cabinet members and 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 people below that. So it's stunning that they would float this uh, this proposal at this time when this is exactly what's you know when Garner you know the shadow of Garner and all the other things that have been happening you know is, is in front of us. That again is if you try to obstruct a legal market. Uh, gray markets and black markets will try to, to, you know, make up for the loss. And when that happens and then the 
police and other uh, law enforcement tries to step in, really bad things happen. And it, it is remarkable to me that this is happening, you know, at the same time uh, that the Biden administration is floating this idea. In fact, New York City has such high taxes on cigarettes, again, as a, as a, in an effort to get people to quit smoking. So it's prohibitionist that it's now considered to be the, the cigarette smuggling capital of America. And you have this uh, phenomenon of selling loose cigarettes or loosies, as they're called, throughout New York. So here is at a time where we're becoming particularly sensitive to the criminal justice uh, issue. and. Uh, we're coming up, it seems, with newer and more innovative ways to create interactions between police officers and the general public over people engaging in victimless behavior. It boggles the mind to see how our policymakers don't seem to be learning anything from their just mistake after mistake after mistake, repeating the same mistake over and over again. And the, one of the problems will be, how do you argue against this? If, if you try to argue against this proposal, you know, what gets thrown right back in our faces is, oh, really? Do you want more cancer deaths, more emphysema, more, you know, more this and more that? And quite frankly, yes, I, I, I feel, uh, you know, any human being wants to see a reduction of harms or a reduction of, of bad health effects. But we also have to respect people and the choices that we make and certainly not use the cudgel of government against them. Uh, but, you know, how do you explain that you know, as libertarians and get around that first line of, oh, well, you, you just don't care about the cancer deaths. And, you know, I guess the only way to do it is for us to just keep adamantly saying we support uh, people's freedoms. We encourage people to to be more healthful. God knows I encourage myself to eat less desserts than I do. But, you know, but there we go. But we don't need the government, again, you know, coming down on people in a very powerful and, and restrictive way, you know, especially one that people will ultimately circumvent it, but do so in a harmful way. Jeff Singer and Tom Fiery are senior fellows at the Cato Institute. Tom Fiery is managing editor of Regulation Magazine. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.